Nicolas Cage is probably one of our generation's definitive actors. And welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope you're all doing well on this Christmas week. Hi, everybody. My guy here. The bitch is back. Hello. You're going to say the bitch is back and then be a bit of camp Kenneth Williams in. Well, although Christmas is inherently camp, so I suppose you can do. Hello, everybody. Christmas is incredibly camp, and this film... Is as bad as is as open all hours as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this film is Feliz Navidad, um, a movie picked up because it's a Melissa Joan Hart joint, which is something I never thought I would ever say. Um, basically, the, the reason I picked this is over the last couple of years, I've somehow managed to watch almost all of the Melissa Joan Hart Lifetime Christmas movies. Um, it started way back when with Holidays in Handcuffs, which was Mario Lopez and MJH. She handcuffed him and dragged him to her family for a Christmas getaway. And he had to pretend to be her boyfriend. And of course, they fell in love at the end of it because that's the thing that people do. And then came A Very Nutty Christmas, where Melissa falls in love with a nutcracker come to life. It is <laughs> as fucking weird as it sounds. And then was Dear Christmas, where she hosts a hit podcast on love, but has never been able to find love herself. Oh. That one's actually really good as well. Uh, oh, really good is a stretch, but <laughs> none of them are terrible, but they're all a bit shit at the same time. <laughs> really good Which one I haven't seen. Uh, have you seen Christmas Reservations? That's the only one I haven't seen yet. No, that's... I've got no, to ask, straight year. off the bat, is this some kind of counterculture I don't know about? Is Melissa Joan Hart the the god mother <laughs> of these shit films? Does she direct it's, them all or something? Lifetime it's like Lifetime and Hallmark Christmas films are like a kind of at least I suppose it is a counterculture in a way, but it, it seems to be a staple of like holiday holiday favourites. I don't think we've got an equivalent here, really, have we? Maybe the no. Sony, the Sony Movies Channel, maybe, or no. you know that Christmas twenty four seven channel that starts yeah. in like, like no October. Probably that. <laughs> That's probably the, the safest bet. I mean, some of these films have been on there because I've seen them when I when I subscribed the one year. No, but um, true. <laughs> Come on, pal. <laughs> Well, if, you don't, yourself, does he? if you don't subscribe <laughs> to it properly, then you get adverts, and that's annoying. So, oh yeah, that's that's the annoying part of this fucking. And as as we see in in this film, that there are obvious places where the adverts are inserted oh, when yeah, it just yeah, yeah. dies. Yeah, absolutely. But I know they've shown them on Channel Five because I've seen a, a Nutty Christmas. I watched on like the Channel Five version of the iPlayer. That's how I spent my one Saturday afternoon. It was excellent. <laughs> But yeah, so I chose Felice Navidad for us to watch, primarily because it was Hart in the director's chair, reunited with a love interest from that first film, The Holidays in Handcuffs, so we bring it back Mario Lopez. I was a big fan of Saved by the Bell growing up. Like I, th I think I've watched every episode from the very first ones with Good Morning Miss Felice right up until 
the se- the first season of the reboot last year. I haven't watched the second season, even though it was released last month. Stu, I'm guessing you probably would have watched Saved by the Bell as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I never watched any of the the reboot. Well, re- it's not a remake, is it? Because they all they kind of in it. Um, yeah, oh, it was religiously every every week without fail. It was and pre well i suppose we had we had vhs video plus if you're that posh so you uh, you don't have to miss one but it was yeah it was appointment tv where you were mm-hmm. if you you don't watch it at the time then that was it you had no choice you, you yeah. missed out so yeah it was um for us old ones it was a, it was proper 90s mm. it's best i'll tell you what it was matt before we had virgin and sky there used to be a thing called cable television cable <laughs> television yeah. i used to i used to have telly west Blue yonder, and the oh, the like. Yeah, that was that was that was cable, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it I think it was way way back. We used to have the children's channel or TCC. I don't know if you were, would go back quite that yeah, far. That. And after five or six o'clock, it became trouble, where it was shows for teenagers, but it was basically for thirteen-year-old teenagers rather than seventeen to nineteen-year-olds. And that is where Saved by the Bell used to come in. So yeah, huge fan of that one. Um, and also Clarissa Explains It All. So that is why I've got a lot of time for Melissa Joan Hart. I never quite got Sabrina trained though myself. I never watched Clarissa Explains It All, but I remember Sabrina uh, Teenage, which that was like one of the, that was appointment television for me. That was a class. That was class. I loved it. Well, when you go back and watch it now, you're looking at the aunts rather than her. Mm. <laughs> and it's, it's like it goes full circle. It never ate, well, I say it never ages. It just gets better with age in a different way. <laughs> That's very true. So obviously, I've already mentioned the star of the film, Mario Lopez, AC Slater. I think of all the Saved by the Bell cast, he's the one I've probably never heard a bad word said about him. Like either he's a really good dude, or one day someone's going to find all of the skeletons in the closet and he's going to be a monster. I wonder which one it's going to be. <laughs> No, he's he's got a good face about him. Is that he can't if if he's a bad one, then there's no hope for anyone, is there? Yeah, that is very true. Uh, so IMDb describes Felice Navidad as single father David is matched with out of town musician Sophie on a dating app. Since she's only in town for the holidays, they agree to practice dates. But will they fall in love for real? Uh, the link that I sent you to, gents, yesterday, the YouTube link. Did you watch it? By any chance, uh, I watched it uh, in the same way that I watched this with kind of one eye on <laughs> anything else. So it was the trailer for the film, but for some reason, when they put it, when they uploaded it to YouTube, they've left the clipping of the the end of the show that it was on, and then go into the advert. And the end of the show is talking about like a horrific murder. Then you've got Felice Navidad trailer. Then it comes back with murder talk. It's oh really God. fucking bizarre, and it proper tickles me. I feel like I need to put that in there for when we play the trailer now. <laughs> 18-year-old Kari Sanford was arrested and booked into the Dane County Jail in connection to the double homicide of Dr. Beth Potter and Robin Kari. Is it possible to have too much Christmas spirit? November 21st. You got a match. This dad is single and ready to mingle. You look like the type of principal I wish I had. Qualified? Will he swipe right on Christmas love? The line between dorky and hilarious is tricky. Mario Lopez, Anna Lynn McCord, and Paulina Chavez. They're amazing. The food or the company? 
Feliz Navidad. They were in their 80s. They were found shot to death during a January 5th break-in at their home in Kentwood, a crime that terrified neighbors. The film begins with a voiceover from A.C. Slater. He's no longer saved by the bell. He's actually the headmaster of Bayside High School. He introduces us to his sister Marisa, his daughter Noel, and we see some random white people with zero explanation and then find out that his wife passed away. Noel is part of the school's bell ringing and a cappella band extracurricular class, which is run by the school's PE teacher. They're practicing for Friday's regionals. That's a glee joke, which probably only I will get, to be perfectly honest. Slater and Noel are back at home baking. We find out that Slater spends every Christmas working a second job as a delivery driver in order to save to send Noel to college. Like, he is a principal. We've established this. That dude will be coining it. Yeah. There is no way he needs to be sending or delivering packages to get a bit of extra dollars. Makes no sense. Well, yet. Yet, yeah. We get a montage of Slater delivering some gifts. He delivers to a creepy dude. He puts one box on the doorstep and then fucks off without ringing the bell. And this other woman walks out to collect her parcel wearing a sweater with what looked like a decapitated reindeer head on. (laughs) This huge 3D thing sticking out of her chest. Honestly, I fully expect Stu to own something similar. Not quite. (laughs) That would make a change. I've I've never come across such an item now, so it's never, it's never <laughs> if if it was crossed my path, then the decision would have to be made, wouldn't it? Stu, what's and, what's the most gaudy Christmas jumper you do own? What does it look like? Um, it depends how you class gaudy. I mean, it, this is probably the the worst. This is really. Visual medium, obviously. Um, <laughs> I think, well, for the for the listening audience, you've got quite a tasteful Christmas jumper on, I think, there. It's quite simple, yeah, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a sensible one. I mean, I've got two Star Wars ones, two PlayStation ones, a Wolves one. Um, probably the probably the, the, the blue PlayStation one's a bit out there. But See, I was really disappointed. I was meant to work Christmas Day last year, so I bought a bright blue Mr. Plough Simpsons one. Um, and then I was pinged on Christmas Day, so I never got the chance to wear it. So Mr. Plough is getting a second run out this year. Superb. Stu's like looking completely blank-faced, but yeah, Mr. Plough is like prime Simpsons as well. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. right in the middle of the Simpsons sweet spot of episodes. Perfect. Are you talking like a kind of Mr. Mackey kind of character? No, no. That Homer was Mr. Plough. And oh, he was okay. plowing the road. We need to do a spin-off series of like Stew and the Simpsons, I think, where we just get Stew to watch all of the watch uh, classic episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Just anything from maybe season three to seven, I think, is the the sweet spot. Have you seen that TikTok guy that is train spotting and everyone loves him and he's like this oh, crazy hero? Yeah, but basically, he has the camera like GoPro facing his face. <laughs> I want to do that, Stu, with the Simpsons. <laughs> and see if I smile once. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Uh, the other thing then that we're going to need, Stu, is we're going to need like a modelling, some modelling footage of you in all your different Christmas ganses. Just walking down the catwalk, turn around, walk back, and then we can put that out on Twitter so everyone can see your Christmas jumpers. Yes, please. Yeah. We, we can make that happen. 
Uh, we then go into the house of the random white couple from the voiceover. The first time I watched it, I did ask, who the fuck are these cunts? Like, there was just some weird inane chatter between the pair of them and then this really weird laugh from the old fella. It was a bit bizarre. And then Slater knocks on the door. We get a bit of flirty banter between Slater and this guy's daughter. It was actually a little bit sweet, I've got to be honest. It did make me smile when I saw it. I've got to say, there is no way, working for a company like that, that you get a fitted uniform. Like he's wearing. Oh, no. And especially because he's a temp, so he's just going to get whatever he's left over, isn't he? Mm. As Slater walks away from the woman, Sophie, her name is, she checks him out and her dad comes over and says, he seems nice. Don't worry, I didn't hear anything you two said. It was really odd. And by it, I mean he was really odd in this scene. He was a proper creeper. I, I felt really uncomfortable whenever he was on screen. He's like a cuckold yeah. for his daughter. It's proper... yeah, he's, he's definitely got a, like a, a borehole in the wall that he's wanked off over. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, we're getting the Gus Van Sant psycho remake at some point <laughs> <with> him, yeah. <laughs> when Slater gets home, he tells his sister and daughter about the flirty banter, which seems a really odd thing to bring up apropos of nothing to his family members. We get this really forced conversation between Slater and Marisa where we find out that Slater only takes his second job because his deceased wife loved Christmas and it's too hard for him. Noelle overhears this and she's unhappy at the revelation, so she leaves the household. The kids from the bell-ringing a cappella extracurricular band are delivering leaflets, inviting people to their sectionals performance and they run into a rival group who start singing a cappella song totally out of the blue. Like, as a huge fan of Glee, I loved it. But as a fan of good filmmaking, I still kind of loved it, I've got to be honest. (laughs) But not if you're a fan of lip syncing. Oh, no. No, the lip syncing was abysmal, wasn't it? (laughs) And the thing is that, Obviously, we'll come on to it later when the other group starts singing. But their singing voices don't match their like normal human talking <laughs> voices either. No. It was a bit all over the place, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, at least with Glee, which Matt is, is a this is a disgrace that you haven't seen Glee. Um, at least, at least with that, they can all sing properly. And it is actually even even the ones who can't sing, it is them who are doing it. I've never seen Glee. I've no intention of seeing Glee. I know I sound like a proper miserable, miserable prick, but all this kind of stuff is just my idea of hell. <laughs> hell, I say. So you won't catch me watching it anytime soon. I've still not got further than the when he killed himself. It was hard. the The episode after that, the quarterback, it was hard to get into it again. And so I've got a whole season left untouched because I was it was too emotional because he was dead. And it, I thought, oh. it was quite rough to watch the is it the quarterback I think was the episode yeah that, yeah, yeah it was tough that was that was the last one I ever watched so I've still got a whole season left which I'm, it's a, it's kind of like a blessing there because I know that I've still got some glee in me oh fucking <laughs> hell <laughs> well we know where that's going don't we so lovely <laughs> thank you very much you. <laughs> Uh, we then get a scene between Slater and Noel in an ice cream parlour where they talk through their problems and Slater agrees to be more involved in Christmas. Noel says that it's not easy, 
and that you need to put yourself out there more. And she forces him to put him out there to try and meet women, which again seems a little bit of an overstep from his daughter. So we've hit about 20 minutes at this point then. So how are we feeling about this, fellas? Stu? I was feeling glorious. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, bear in mind, I watched this last year anyway, off my own back. With any context, I just I just looked at the IMDb list of Christmas films out for the month and acquired some of them. And this was one on that because he was in it, mainly. I didn't know about Melissa Joan Hart directly at the time. So I put it on and it was one of them where I watched it in the daytime. So I didn't have my, my usual Christmas recipe of cinnamon, whiskey and sausage rolls. So I, <laughs> it, it was just um, it was just Coke and a bowl of peanuts at that point. But Coca Cola, that is you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that's all, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I was it, it just it's just fun, it's just it's proper smile on your face nonsense, eh? and that's exactly what I thought it would be. Mm. And at this point, that's what it was. I'm guessing Matt's gonna say something completely different to you now, yeah, <laughs> look well, at his face, sort of. I mean, it's exactly what I thought it was gonna be, fucking shite. <laughs> No, you know, I, I hark back to um, our um, Tom Stade episode where he was talking about these kind of hallmark films. Girl meets boy, girl comes from out of town, girl is like, it's exactly how he said it was. It was just, it's so pandering to like, oh, it's just awful, isn't it? But <laughs> the, oddly, it had a couple of tongue-in-cheek camp little Winks that were that were quite nicely done. I will put it. I'll, I'll put it that way. There were a couple of like we know it's ridiculous nods that made it somewhat bearable. I think that's fair. I, I agree with both of you wholeheartedly. Like I did enjoy it, but it was shit at the same time. Like <laughs> yeah, it's it. Let's let's get it right. It is shit. There's there's no two ways about it. I mean, and her dad's acting is. One of the worst things we've ever seen mm. in a year and a bit doing this, without a shadow of a doubt. He mm. could have been the sound guy because the, the actual actor didn't turn up. I assumed, like a... I assumed he'd won a competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <clears throat> we get a bit of a throwaway scene now with Slater delivering a parcel to a woman who is lending the school the bells for the bell ringing group. And she admits to not knowing what she's ordered because she likes to get drunk on wine and then order shit off the internet. (laughs) She sounds like me during my uni days. I kind of dig that. (laughs) (laughs) Following their conversation, it appears that Noelle tried to set Slater up with her high school friend's mum. This highly strung extra from the housewives of Maricopa County. Like mid-flirt, she actually says the line, ha ha ha, I'm just really fun. That's what both of my friends tell me. (laughs) (laughs) needless to say Slater tells Noel not to set him up with the parents of his students which is kind of like appropriate I suppose I don't know why though but I'm hoping that next Christmas Melissa Joan Hart makes a film all about Heidi I want to know about Heidi's dating adventures because she seemed fun I liked her (laughs) Noel and Marisa set up a Tinder or a Tinder adjacent account for Slater and then start swiping for him he has no knowledge of this actually happening, it appears, which is a bit weird. Uh, they set up a date for him with someone off this app. 
Uh, Slater arrives at the date place and Sophie, the lady from earlier on, turns up. Slater tells her that he can't talk because he's actually waiting for a date. So Sophie tells him, oh, I'm actually your date. So at no point did Slater think to look on the app to see who the person is he's agreed to go on a date with. And neither did she check with who she was talking to. Did they just immediately just set up a date on an app and then go to meet without either person talking to anyone? It seems like that's a bit of a plot hole. It's a bit odd. But was it his phone that they set it up on there? That was what I was thinking. Because it was was it his daughter and his, was it his sister who was, who were talking yeah. about it? Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking what because he can, he comes in from outside when they're setting it up, so he'd have it wouldn't be his phone, would he? No, it wouldn't be his phone. But surely Sophie would have spoken to whoever had that phone, and they would have either had to pretend to be Slater. Or explain to Sophie, oh, this is Slater's daughter. I'm trying to set him up. But she didn't know that he had kids. And she didn't know that he thought it was a blind date. Hmm. So it was just like a huge plot hole that I didn't realise until the second time watching this film. <laughs> which I feel a little bit ashamed about. <laughs> oh, you had to watch it twice. Oh, yeah, I did. Nice I did. Sophie tells Slater that she's only there for a practice date because she's leaving town soon. So basically, she's saying she's only there for the dick. It's like, <laughs> fair enough if that's what she's there for, but I just thought it was a little bit of a strange thing to have not discussed beforehand. The whole premise of this part just didn't really add up for me. Uh, Sophie and Slater have a good date, and as she's leaving town soon, they agree to continue having these practice dates, quote unquote. Uh, just call it fuck buddies and have done, baby. You know, like, <laughs> get in there, do what you need to do. Slater brings Sophie into school to teach the bell ringing a cappella extracurricular brand, band, even, and gets rid of the PE teacher. This is because she's a classically trained musician and they decide to do a mashup Christmas song. It is so glee. It just doesn't make any sense at all now. They're proper swinging for the fences with the madness in here. Slater then goes on a few more dates, including one with Melissa Joan Hart. I did pop for that, to be honest. It was quite nice to see her pop up in there. Uh, but it does seem that he's only enjoying his dates with Sophie. Noelle runs into Sophie at the ice cream parlour. This ice cream parlour, everything in this fucking town seems to revolve around this ice cream parlour. <laughs> it's like the place to go. It's like the local pub, but just with ice cream. Which, now I say out loud, that does sound kind of good. I've got a voice. <laughs> it's a, it sounds like you two go into that place in Bentley Bridge all the time. Dude, Tim, oh, Tim Hortons. Hortons. Oh, yeah. Tim Hortons is amazing. I, was there, I went there this, this morning. Is, exactly. This is how you two talk about that. <sighs> yeah, I went for lunch, to be honest, as well today. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the cinema every day this week. So I've had a coffee. It's great. You put in Mrs. Horton's babies through college. <laughs> Someone's got to. <laughs> I completely lost the place. Oh, yeah. Noel tells Sophie that she thinks her dad really likes her. And then Slater confesses to his friend that he does like Sophie. Uh, they're getting a bit sappy on their dates now, bringing her around his family and being all sweet and hand-holding. His other dates are now going completely sideways because all he can think about is Sophie. So Slater goes to tell Sophie that he wants to stop the practice dates and try some real ones. But Sophie's headed to Phoenix next week. Oh no, 
He pressures her into a date right now and manages to wear her down, which seems a little bit out of character. Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah, this was. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then we start to get the fake CGI snow falling in the middle of fucking summertime in wherever this was filmed. Uh, before they manage to kiss, though, Slater realises that he forgot to pick up the white bell gloves from the dry cleaners. Dry cleaning <laughs> gloves? Is that a thing? It just seems a bit weird. Stu, you've got an experience um, with uh, latex gloves and <laughs> and other forms of um, gloves. Is this a is this a thing? I'd actually imagine so because it's like when you have to wash football shirts on thirteen inside out to protect mm. them forever. So it, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. And how kind of pissy she was getting about it because when they get to the next scene, what they resort to. It does make some kind of sense that these special gloves are you have to have them specially cleaned. So this wasn't a, as big a leap as it first seemed. <laughs> he runs off, leaving Sophie in the middle of the forest that they went to. I assume they <laughs> drove together as well. Like I don't think they went in separate cars. So he just fucked oh, off and left her. Excellent. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it was a dog in sight. <laughs> Uh, and he doesn't even tell her why he's had to rush off. He just says it was a mistake and pisses off in his van. <laughs> Slater doesn't get to the dry cleaners in time, so there are no gloves. And as we've already said, the miserable old bitch won't let them ring the bells without gloves because apparently it'll destroy the bells. Okay. <laughs> uh, when Sophie arrives at the band's performance, she walks up to Marissa. And whilst Marissa is in the middle of doing something else, she starts talking to Sophie about the tickets. Sophie responds, and then Marissa looks up, and he's like, oh, hey, it's you, Sophie. And Sophie replies like she didn't know who she was talking to. But Marissa was reading something, so I couldn't see. <laughs> Sophie was fucking staring at her. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, Sophie has magically randomly turned up with gloves for the kids, so now they, they can perform at regionals. She didn't know they needed gloves. She just bought gloves apropos of nothing. It all ends happily ever after that. We get a reprise of Noel singing Feliz Navidad once again on a guitar that was bought for Christmas that wasn't wrapped and was already tuned. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a movie. (laughs) Right, the budget and the box office. I mean, it was straight to uh, TV, Lifetime movie, so it it wasn't going to cost a lot. And it certainly wasn't going to make any money. So this section's a little bit pointless. So what I think we can do instead is I've got a quiz, which is, which Saved by the Bell character are you? Oh, wow. Uh, Yep, it is from, for the people who may want to uh, play along at home, it is from brainfall.com. If you Google it, you'll be able to find it. Right, okay, so... Got them all set up. So, right. Not everyone is smart in the same way. In which way are you the smartest? Are you A, common sense, B, academics, C, creativity, design, or D, all of the above, I swear? Matt, which one are you? Common sense. And Stu? I'd probably say creative because I'd try and find kind of schemes and ways to do things. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I've gone for academics. Um, you walk into a room for a job interview and see there is no chair for yourself. What do you do? Do you stand? Do you ask for a chair? Ask if you should find a chair or just find a chair. Matt, find a chair. Find a chair, Andy. You'll find a chair. 
And Stu, which one will you do? Stand. You'll stand. I would ask for the chair. Because I'm there. They can fucking do it for me. You've been given a choice of processing one of the following superpowers. Oh, sorry. Possessing one of the following superpowers. Which do you pick? The ability to stop time. The ability to fly. Ability to read minds. Ability to change forms. Matt? Uh, ooh, uh, read minds. Read minds. And Stu? Yeah, probably read minds as well. Cool. I would go for the ability to stop time because I assume that's what Zach Morris would do. If all of the following problems were to occur at once, which would you choose to handle first? The tap is running, the phone is ringing, the clothes are hanging outside and it's began to rain or the doorbell is ringing. So which of those would you do first, Matt? Doorbell. Stu? Clothes. And I would go for the tap. That's the easiest one to do, I think. Uh, a close friend expresses romantic interest you, interest, ah, interest in you. How do you let him, her know you're not interested? Do you berate and belittle them? Let them off easy. Remind them about that ring on your finger. That's never happened before and it never will, sadly. Matt? Ooh, that's a hard one. I think that's um, a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't have let them down gently on MSN. That's not an option, no. <laughs> um, not, no. Ring ring on finger. Ring on finger. Stu. Yeah, but uh, that that's a true to life thing as well. I've done that in the past. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I would let them down easily because I'm not an asshole. <laughs> Cheating in school is a grave sin, not advisable, fine with me, an art form. Matt? Art form. Stu? Fine. And I think it's an art form as well. If you can get away with it, you should do it. In your group of friends, you are the jock, the geek, the fashionista, the responsible one. Matt? I don't want to say the jock, but I organise everything. So that's the jock, I think. Okay. Stu? Well, uh, I mean, you are the geek, let's be honest, Stu. Yeah, but in in my circle of friends, I wasn't though. I was probably more jock than anyone else because just, just be screeching, be done with it, Stu. <laughs> now this is where it's probably going to head. So <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say fashionista, but that's only in my own head. Eh? So I'm gonna out of my actual close circle of friends, I'd have to say jock because no one else likes sport like me. And Goldie don't even like sport till later on. So fair yeah. enough. I've gone for the responsible one, which probably isn't true, but I'll I'll say that anyway. The best catchphrase, eep, double EP. Uh, hey, preppy, time out. Hey, 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 what's going on here? Hey, 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 what's going on here? Stu? Time out, because I have said that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going for time out as well on that one. Uh you come across a group of kids smoking behind a convenience store. What do you do? Lecture them on the damage they're doing to the body. Pretend to ignore them, but think to yourself that they're stupid. Completely ignore them. Smile a little at their rebellion. Matt? Rebellion. Stu? Yeah. <laughs> I, rebellion as well. I just ignore them. If you could save only one thing from a fire, what would it be? Would it be your clothes? Your books, your computer, or your cell phone? Oh. 
Well, it has to be my my cell phone, my my phone. It's most the most valuable item of of all of them. I think. Yeah, I think that makes sense, Stu. Yeah, I think if this is a if this is a, a question from the nineties, then it'd be computer, wouldn't it? But yeah, phone. Yeah, in the modern day, your phone basically is your computer, isn't it? You can do everything you can do. So yeah, okay, right, okay. Let's calculate the answers. Right, okay. So, Matt, I'll come to you last, actually, Matt. Uh, Stu, you and I are both Zach Morris, so I'm happy with that. I'll, I'll yeah. take that all day. Matt, you... Well, please. <laughs> Matt, you are Mr. Belding. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Belding? I think that was the hey, 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 what's going on here catchphrase that well, really... How, uh, can, how, can it over question, how can one question skew <laughs> you so much? Oh, that's incredible. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I think had Stu have actually gone for fashionista, he would have got Lisa Turtle. But there we are. <clears throat> so anyway, back to Feliz Navidad. It was nominated for an award. It was for the Imagine Foundation Award. The Imagine Foundation is there to encourage positive portrayals of Latinos in all forms of media entertainment. Uh, Mario Lopez was up for Best Actor in a television comedy Losing out to Michael Cimino from Love, Victor. I, I don't know what that is, so... But well done, Michael, I guess. Uh, there's no critical scores on this one. There was one single positive review from a critic on Rotten Tomatoes. So I suppose technically it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are plenty of fan results, though. So let me. T uh, so can you tell me what you think the scores will be on this one? Matt? I think people, if you're going to review this, you're going to absolutely love it, I think. So I think it's going to be something like 75% positive or fresh or whatever you call it. Stu? Yeah, same same kind of thinking behind it because if you're going to, unless you're doing it to to torture yourself and you've got an obligation to, do, to watch this kind of thing, you're not going to do it through choice, are you? So, yeah, it's going to be pretty high. I'd say a bit. I'd say about 67, some other mm. late 60s. IMDb was a 6.1 and Rotten Tomatoes was a 56. So it was kind of middling, which mm. I, I can kind of see that because I think you are going to get people who will really enjoy it and other people who will just dismiss it immediately. So yeah, I, I can kind of agree with those scores, if I'm honest. Uh, so the critic was Brett White from Decider, and he said, this movie delivers that holiday rom-com magic you ordered that includes the free gifts of actual pathos, plot surprises, and solid jokes. I don't know what the <laughs> plot surprises are, if I'm being honest, but okay. Uh, the fan response over at Amazon.com has this film with a solid four stars out of five. Woo! There's only one single one-star review from Kristen, who said, Stupid. And that was it. <laughs> uh, the majority of the five star reviews all just said it was cute or a sweet story, that sort of thing. There was one from Anne M. Lewis. This Christmas movie went deeper than most. Tackled some complicated subjects of loss with grace. It never lost its spunk. The performances are above average. The movie has romance, music, family and a Latin flair, which is so refreshing. If you want to watch a Christmas film with depth and culture, I recommend Feliz Navidad. 
The music and score is really well done and the a cappella performances at the end are a great way to wrap up a film on a high note. I must watch. Wow. Yeah. It took took a bit spunk. Did you see that thing in the week? (laughs) That's a great way to start a sentence. (laughs) There was um, someone, they've made a cup. Instead of like saving the world with without plastic and everything, that someone's they've made a cup out of. I think for some reason I'm thinking squirrel, but it can't possibly be squirrel cum because there needs to be a lot of it. But it's an actual cup made of it. I did see that story. Yeah, Um, I I didn't look any further than the headline. I just assumed they were using human spunk, not animal spunk. But yeah, that that is a bit of a weird way to save the world, isn't it? Well. Proper nut job. <laughs> hey. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh, so the good, the bad and the crazy on this one. Matt, start us off. Um, the good, it had, like I said earlier, it had the occasional nod to how stupid it was throughout it. I don't, I don't think it takes itself seriously at all. Um, and so for that reason, you know, it's it, it's good that it exists, I suppose. <laughs> As in, there's obviously an audience that really enjoy this. And listen, I'm not, I'm not all, I'm not all uh, a husk of a heart. You know, it will give people joy and that is a good thing. So fine. The bad, <laughs> her dad's, her dad's performance was so bad. I mean, we've seen some really awful awful performances from like from supporting cast members when we've been watching cage films but this was this this goes as far as to be probably the worst mm. he was just every single scene he was in was just atrocious because of his delivery of lines it was just the worst thing i've ever seen <laughs> um the crazy for me is that that this genre exists in the first place <laughs> <laughs> i just find it absolutely bizarre that people like get off on this but Christmas in general, like the the whole culture of Christmas is just, I get how infectious it is and I get that it's great and I get people really enjoy it and everything, but this is one step too far. (laughs) You know, I'll tell you what this is, right? This is when you've got nowhere else to go, so you end up in a gay bar after the nightclub that you were originally going out to that's open until six, seven in the morning. There's too much going on. You don't, you're not used to it and it's too much bright, <laughs> too much bright light and you're worried, you're worried for your safety. That's what this, that's what this film is. Stu, what did you think? You know what? The thought of being in a gay bar at Christmas, we've done this before. <laughs> um, in Blackpool, we, when we played, remember that year when we played Blackpool on Mad Fr- the Friday before Christmas yeah. away? And we, um, I, I'm not sure if that was the bed breaking one. I can't. I don't remember. Um, we can find that video and tweet it out later for, for reference. Um, but yeah, I like the we, idea um, that you don't explain the bed breaking one to anyone else. They just hear the headline. Brilliant. <laughs> Basically, we was in this this classic Blackpool B and B, and I was on the top bunk bunk beds, of course, in our twenties, and I was on the top bunk, and I could feel it going. And so they start, <laughs> and then a couple of the slats fell down, and so I thought, oh, well, if I stay still, I'll be okay until we figure this out. So then they started filming me, and inevitably the slats all fell through, and then I just collapsed. <laughs> but to be fair, we left 
we left that room in a better state than when we got there because I fixed it all properly. So, but yeah. So uh, anyway, we, we went out on this on the nights onto um, Roxy's, which was like the number one drag bar in the country in Blackpool, and it was the best night I've ever had in my life. It was superb. It was as because we walked over the road and it was like the, the Friday before Christmas. So I don't think Mad, Mad Friday counts in America, but it should do. Um, so we went, oh, they've got Christmas lights in the window. So we all went in there and then we, we realised there was no women in there at all, apart from female impersonators. And I thought, well, well, it's Christmas, it's Blackpool, why not? We're here now. <laughs> and me and Goldie and Mark were all up on stage, oh, we were singing <laughs> on right. our voices. Superb. Great night out. We have Christmas in a gay bar. You need to embrace it, Matthew. Oh, listen, I've got no problem with gay bars. I remember going to Gorgeous before it became the Super Club. So for those not from Wolverhampton, Gorgeous is like the only nightclub that's open until like 6, 7 a.m. Like every every week, not just like for special occasions. But it used to be in this like proper small venue. You'd pay a fiver in, it was 5p a drink. And it was incredible <laughs> because you just get absolutely loaded there, then go to the actual nightclub that you're planning to go to, Planet, Blast Off, whatever. Um, but yeah, I've got no problem with going to gay bars, but it's just... For some reason, when Gorgeous is like the size of like Gatecrasher or a massive Oceana, <laughs> so it's just it's complete. It's like it's it's an attack on all the senses. Basically, it's just so loud Euro pop. I can't handle it. Again, sounds like heaven. <laughs> um, so my good, my, my good was because I am part of this this subculture, as he called it, <laughs> who absolutely devours this nonsense every year, and. I do think this year, but I'm not, there's a few on. I mean, Netflix of Netflix trying to get in on the game, but however fun the, the Netflix cinematic universe of Christmas is, it's not shit enough to be as in this kind of archipelago, I suppose you could say. <laughs> it's so that these things exist in their own world, and you can see that Mario Lopez is having the absolute time of his life in mm, this film. Yeah, <laughs> he's loving every minute of it, and it comes across. And it's just a happy, fun film. And the fact that I was enamoured with her. I know you haven't mentioned who she looks like, but I don't know if, it's a, if it was the perm, the curly, the crimped hair or the eyes, but I couldn't stop staring at her. I was you're like obsessed. About, you're on about the Aldi Shalise Ferron. Yeah. <laughs> She's a, she was amazing. Yeah, so that was two excellent, excellent things, not just good. I mean, the bad was obviously him because he, he was fucking... You would, you would, you'd get less wood in the Arnold Lavery Yard in Sheffield than him. <laughs> it's, it's just atrocious. Well, it's just shit. And and as we mentioned earlier, the um, the lip syncing every time there was a bit of a musical piece. It just, how hard can it possibly be to do when you've got this this part of a film like this where you expect a bit of musical interlude mm. and then mess it up? It's just a joke. As um, Charlie Austin would say, but the crazy, I mean, the crazy is these things will never end, and there's about seven or eight every year <laughs> in a livery. <laughs> and I've got I've got a few lined up for this for the next few days, and I'm, I'm planning to get through at least six next week. Incredible, incredible. I, I haven't watched. I don't think I watched any of the the most recent Lifetime ones. And to be fair, the only ones I ever watched are the Melissa Joan Hart ones, just because I've seen a few of them already, and I've. Just kind of like the ball just keeps rolling with them. 
but I've not really bothered otherwise with any of the others. The only other Christmas film that I've got in early doors was that Love Hard that Love Hard, it was Love Hard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that Matt mentioned, that, and I got, I ended up really, really enjoying that. It was an excellent film. Didn't even it wasn't necessarily a Christmas film. It just happened to be set at Christmas again. I think was the the, the thing to it, and that that worked for me. I thought. Uh, so my good, bad, and crazy. My crazy, same as you, Stu. The acapella group, like that, was awful. Like I was a fan of Glee, as we've established several times. So I'm able to suspend my disbelief at people just pulling out random performances of music without any practice or anything. They are world class <laughs> immediately on their first go. But this was abysmal. This was really bad. As I said before, the voices don't match the actors. So it was quite blatant that it wasn't them actually singing. And you could hear like bass guitar and shit being played. <laughs> there was no one with the fucking guitar in sight. So it was weird. And to be honest, the whole bell ringing thing with the school, I don't really understand how any of that fit in other than as a sort of tenuous nod to the song Feliz Navidad. And he was the Latino dad in the film. Yeah. It all felt a little bit tenuous. Uh, my good was that it was pretty wholesome. It was like mostly un- unoffensive. As far as Christmas TV movies go, it was perfectly okay. I thought Mario Lopez was good, and you, his patter with the other people in there, like he was very interesting to watch, and he did make me chuckle along a few times. I thought it was great. I thought his love interest was really sweet with him. I liked their relationship together. I think they worked well. It was sappy and it was mushy as fuck, but it was a lifetime Christmas movie. So if it wasn't those things, I would have been more concerned. So it very much was what I went in expecting to find. And I thought that was a good thing. He didn't like try and pull the rug out from underneath you. Uh, my bad, though, I was blinded by the light. like, And I mean that literally. This is the brightest fucking movie I've <laughs> ever seen. Like I'm a fan of the CSI franchises, like specifically Vegas and New York. I like they're they're a bit gritty and grimy, but I could never watch an episode of CSI Miami for that reason that it was retinally scorchingly bright. You'd go from being in a dark, dingy place where someone's been murdered to on the beach, and it would just fucking sear my eyes. And this is what this film felt like at times. Everything was just constantly bright and summery. Like, I know when we, whenever you see anything now that's a Christmas film, it's always filmed at least six months before, but they try to hide it. But this looked like it was, like, they didn't even give a shit. It was the middle of summer, and they were <laughs> happy to let you know that it was the middle of summer. So that was my bad. It, I struggled with that. It was just too bright for my senses. So, Stu, did you enjoy the film? Absolutely. <laughs> Fair. Matt, did you enjoy it? No. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't say it's the absolute worst film I've ever seen in my entire life. But it, it you know, because films that I have looked forward to and then they've been terrible will fall into that category because I had some faint glimmer of hope. This film is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, as I've said before, if the question was, is this a good film? The answer is no. But that's not the question. And 
Mm. I did enjoy it. It was a low-budget TV Christmas film, and I'm a sucker for any film that ends with a musical number. I just am. I'm fucking terrible for it. So it was what I expected, and it was enjoyable enough. I think if it pops up on Channel 5 and you've got nothing else to watch... You can do a lot Go worse outside. than watch. <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot worse than watch this. I think that there is a lot more crap out there. And don't get me wrong, I will never watch this film again. But for the ninety minutes I spent watching it, that it was perfectly fine. This is now on the. Um, it's on the five year rotational now, though. <laughs> so well, I watched it twice in two years, and now I can't do it again next year. So it can get to the back of the list. Have you watched Trapped in Paradise yet? I'm watching it tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. as of third third of December, time recording. Okay, so. right. So that will prob- that will be on the podcast before this one. Probably we'll be discussing that one, right? <clears throat> so, who would you recast as Nicolas Cage in this one, Matt? <laughs> God, <laughs> um, it'd have to it'd have to be it'd have to be the dad, wouldn't it? I suppose, yeah, yeah. but actually, like, make him decent, mm. make him not this weird silly black. Trying to hook his daughter up with the postman. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, it would have to be the dad because he was the worst actor in it. And I want Cage to be like the batshit mental Cage that we get from your face off, where it's really loud and aggressive and over the top. That, that's what I want. I want the the Castor Pollux version of Nick Cage as the dad <laughs> in this film. Yeah, imagine him being like a, a mental toy collector and going crazy because she's selling all his stuff. It'd be, it'd be superb. <laughs> That'd be a whole other film, and I would fucking love it. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, so, finish the sentence. If you enjoyed Felice Navidad, you may also like. Stu? The Nine Lives of Christmas. I don't even Which know this I, one. You sure, I mentioned this last year, I'm sure I did. Because it stars Brendan Routh. And it's amazing. He got a 7.2 on IMDb. <laughs> Is this an, a, a so, Netflix special or? No, it's a hallmark. Right, okay. So the synopsis After a stray cat adopts Zachary, yes, he meets Marley and realizes the single life is not as fulfilling as he thought it was. Incredible. Just look, just look at it. Hang on, what was it's, it called? Nine, the Nine Lives of what? The Nine Lives of Christmas. Because there's one, Nine Lives of Holidays, 2021. Uh, that's a sequel. Oh, uh, The Nine Kittens of Christmas. What? When I click on it, it changes the name. We've got The Nine Lives of Christmas, 2014. And then there's another one, Nine Lives of Holidays, 2021, with Brandon Routh and Kimberly Sustad. But when you click in it, it changes the name to the Nine Kittens of Christmas. Maybe this is Avengers Assemble kind of thing again. Yeah. So I think you've got a sequel. Uh, you can watch this, Stu. Oh, I'm so excited now. This is, yeah, the Nine Kittens of Christmas. 20... Oh, wow. Oh, my God. What a world. What this a is, world. This is live reaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. this is this is this is actually made my year. So this <laughs> the first one that's going to seven nine kittens of Christmas has got seven point two as well. well. There you go. That's your Christmas trait. That'll be one of the six you'll be watching next week. I'm, I'm sure. 
<laughs> have to find, find room for more now. <laughs> uh, Matt, if you enjoyed Felice Navidad, you may also like uh, Klaus on Netflix. Only because if you want an actual film with heart, <laughs> an actual film with some depth and something that's more than just the tale of uh, some sappy Christmas nonsense, then Klaus is the movie for you. Um, take a box of Kleenex and not for the reasons you <laughs> <Stu> might. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a film that I mentioned earlier, the one where we've reunited Mario Lopez and Melissa Joan Hart and recommend Holidays in Handcuffs. It's really fun, silly bollocks. Similar to this, like the good is good enough to ignore the bad and the bad is silly enough to rip into and enjoy yourself. It's one of those kind of films. So holidays in handcuffs for me. Uh, so that's another movie we've got in the record books. And as it's Christmas, why not get in contact at Cage Fighting Pod on the Twitter or any emails to cagefightingpod at gmail.com. Uh, please make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcatcher you're using so as not to miss a single episode in the coming year. Uh, we're going to have a short break over Christmas and be back early in 2021. 2022 with our top five films of 2021 that's a bit of a mouthful so for this year matthew would you like to say goodbye goodbye everybody i hope you've had a wonderful 2021 and i hope that 2022 treats you uh splendidly stay safe out there Stu, would you like to say goodbye merry christmas everybody it's goodbye from me. Have a wonderful Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, happy Hogmanay. If you don't celebrate this season, just have a happy day and be excellent to each other. It's, a, it's kind of like a blessing there because I know that I've still got some glee in me. <laughs> <laughs>